Well, as Justin reminded us, remember, Jesus used Scripture to fight evil. I encourage you all to start studying Scripture because before long we won't be able to use guns to do it. So I, I, I uh, never mind. I'm sorry. I won't go off on that track. Learn your Scripture. All right. Anyway, take your connections card and tear that off. And any prayer requests that you have, list those on the lines given. And, uh, and also, there's many boxes you might want to check on. There's a few boxes, actually, about some things that are coming up. In fact, Egypt's coming to tell us about one right now. It's our Skid Row project, and he's going to give you some details about that. He's right here. Hi there. Great. You look good. That's the good news. Um, project Skid Row is coming up here this coming Saturday. Um, Wow, thank you for all of you who have been bringing items that we uh, can pack in the survival backpacks. And uh, we're not cooking hot breakfast meals this year. We're going to do dry uh, meal packs. And uh, I'm at the place right now. I usually don't do sign-ups. And the reason why I don't do sign-ups is because half the people who sign up don't come. Uh, so I stopped trying to manage that process. If you're here, you're here, and that's a great thing. But what I do need is drivers. If you're willing to drive to and from L.A., Skid Row-ish, uh, particularly with high school, college-age, young adult students. Uh, that would be awesome. We're trying to leave between 7 and 7.30 on Saturday morning. So if you just want to show up and be a driver, thumbs up. Could you do me one favor? Just indicate that in uh, your connections card when you say, hey, I will drive. So in addition to your prayer requests and other things that you may designate on your connections card, just say that. I want to be a driver for Skid Row. That way I can kind of get a pre-tally of how many seats. So your name and then maybe the number of available seats, not including you in your vehicle, that would be huge. Uh, other than that, uh, Project Skid Row is just really about us connecting with those that we don't normally connect with. Uh, we are going up to Los Angeles and South Central. We have a church partner up there uh, where we were last year. Uh, many of you serve there. Great, incredible experiences were made. But what I want to do is get out of the whole idea of the, the backpack or the meal being the deal. That's not even the point. That's really a cover story. So we're actually going to offload a lot of that with the church uh, so that we don't have to worry about the distribution. And we're going to get into the relationship building, the connecting on the streets, the re where the real ministry starts to work. I'm going back down to basics. I, I tell you, this thing has grown. I'm thankful for what God's done. But it's gone from two of us 10 years ago to about it was almost 300 here last year. It's just, it was crazy, and, and it's awesome to see, but uh, it's also a lot more than my bandwidth. So uh, thank you for what you do. Uh, keep bringing your stuff. We're staging it, and we're waiting. So Saturday, we kick off at midnight. If you're willing to cook cookies between midnight and, say, 4 in the morning, that would be awesome. So you housewives and mommies who know how to cook cookies, love to have you come. Please do that. Otherwise, I need most of you here by about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning to build those survival backpacks, and then we're out of here by around 7, 7.30. That's pretty much the plan. And then uh, we'll go up and we'll serve, and then we'll do a little uh, really God-Holy Spirit kind of uh, fellowship time at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and then we'll come on back. Okay, so much love to you. We love you. God bless you. Thank you very much for all you're doing. Project Skid Row, we'll see you soon. The other, just a couple other things to be mindful of on the 24th, the soup and pie celebration. Uh, there's a sign-up on your connections card. If, you, if you're going to bring soup or pie, and if you want to be part of the contest, list which one you're going to bring. I think, what are we heavy on? We're heavy on pie and short on soup? Or? 
when, as Lee said, chili is considered a soup, so think about that. Sharon came up and said, also, if you just want to bring store-bought stuff just to participate, not to be judged, think about that. Or if you want to bring potluck items, that's also there. But specify what you'd like to bring on your Connections card. Also, all church prayer and worship night, we do that once a month, I believe it is. It's coming up this Wednesday. The Wednesday small groups will be meeting in here in the sanctuary. And it's not January, it's February. I think it's in the bulletin wrong. And uh, What? Oh, that's right. Not this Wednesday. Even I'm wrong. I would have been here, too, hanging out in the sanctuary a week from this Wednesday. Excuse me. The evening will incorporate the disciplines of prayer and confession, so which all groups will be studying. So um, Glenn's going to come up and let us know about a mission trip. He's on his way this Saturday, I think, to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I wanted to introduce somebody that uh, some of you may have heard the organization Giving Children Hope. And they're the ones, to give you a little history, uh, they originally supplied all the backpacks for Egypt Skid Row. Uh, that was uh, giving children hope. They were also the idea, or I got the idea, of the life straw that we took to Kenya this last year. And they're an awesome organization. Um, whenever there's a disaster around the world, they're first on the ground. But they're also really strong locally. So they're an organization I really like and I work with. And uh, I especially like the guys in it. Uh, the founder, John, you want to come up? John Diddy and Sean Lawrence also. Sean isn't here today. But I, I did time in Haiti with uh, John, so uh, we have history. So. <laughs> we do. We do. Thanks, Glenn. Um, yeah, I'm the founder of Giving Children Hope. Started about 20 years ago. I was an electrical contractor doing remodels and uh, complaining to God because I didn't like that kind of work and wanted to do something. And he sort of said, okay, and he took me up on it. And I, I stepped out, and it's just been a wild ride ever since. The Lord has just opened so many doors. The organization basically helps supply, as Gwen said, in disasters. We're able to go places in the world. And get because we're a small organization, we get there fairly quickly. We're able to see the need, work with churches, and we're able to supply them the things they need to make a difference in the community and in the disasters. And locally... The, we do about the same. It's a listening organization. We, we really try to listen and hear what God would have us do and not duplicate. So the backpack program is a weekend nutrition program. We feed about 3,000 kids a week. We work with the school systems. We feed homeless kids. They identify them. The school systems do. And then we provide the food and some nutritional education for the kids to help them eat a little bit better. We always need volunteers. Um, we love having people come and visit us. And uh, we're in Buena Park, so you can make a phone call, come, bring your family. We take kids, and you get to fill backpacks. Sometimes you get to go and deliver to the schools. There's just a multitude of things to do. We also have, we have about five different programs. We have a medical clinic that goes out and serves the homeless. We have on-site now. We have a medical clinic as well. So it just keeps growing, and I'm just, just kind of hold on. You know, God just kind of will do things when you give him the opportunity and step out. He just is amazing what he'll do. So I'm just grateful to be here. You guys are an awesome church, so thank you. <laughs> About the DR, what we're doing? Oh, yeah, it's another one. Um, God just opened doors for us to do, uh, be part of uh, a hospital in Porta Plata. It's a children's hospital, and we're starting from the ground up, working with another organization. Our organization will be supplying the, the medical equipment. We refurbish that and the supplies and helping, uh, we're hopefully going to meet some baseball players and get them involved. So we're going to go do a, a site visit uh, and look at the, the, meet the people, kind of get the project going, pray, and sort of meet the uh, officials. So that's kind of our, our mission. Yes. Thank so you very much.
So keep that mission trip in prayer. And real quick, I just want to let you know, Pastor Lee and Mary are leaving tomorrow for 10 uh, Pastor Lee and Mary are on their way to the mission trip of sorts. They're going to Hawaii for 10 days. And I just wanted to, I talked to Mary and I said, oh, Mary, how exciting. It's near Valentine's Day, romantic. And, you know, she took hula lessons a few years ago. She loves hula. She's got a grass skirt. She goes, oh, Ken, it's not like that. She said, ever since Lee's turned 60, he's just gotten old. He just wants to lay around and read books and watch movies. So I was convicted to do something about it. So I contacted your rent-a-car agency. That stodgy Ford Focus you rented, I have upgraded you to. The 2013 Buick Cialis convertible, which is going to, is going to change everything. And, uh, and also, I got this though, just because we're going to put this, I put this on when you get there, alright? And, um, and let's see, uh, I'm, and uh, when you get to the room, I've arranged through my favorite caterer, some oysters on the half shell and champagne from Shuckin and Imbiben Catering. So that'll be there for you. Also, and I, I know Lee, afraid he'll break his hip. He doesn't want a hula, but I found a senior dance school not far from the hotel. It's called Methuselah Hula, and we've arranged for some lessons for you. And so that'll be there for you. And last but not least, one of the greatest impediments to feeling leisurely and romantic is stress. I got you this travel pouch. It's, for, it's waterproof. It's for all of your travel documents. So you put everything in here related to travel, especially your birth certificate. You don't want to lose it because, remember, you're going to Hawaii. And as we all know, the hardest thing in the world to get it is a copy of your birth certificate in Hawaii. So keep it in here, all right? Remember that. So these are our gifts to you. Let's all stand on that note and greet each other with this question. How do you celebrate life? Let's stand and greet each other. Seat, that'd be a good thing. You guys, I know, give a hug and sit down. Give somebody a hug and then have a seat. Well, today's message is called Slow Down and Celebrate. Those are two spiritual exercises that we need to learn how to develop strongly in our life. Slowing down is perhaps the more difficult one. The celebrating I will be doing all next week. And I'll be, uh, we'll be using that $500 Visa card. You guys gave us a while back. No, we have not spent it. We waited until this time. Mary's been holding on to it. So we have that to spend the whole time we're there and... And we're going to enjoy ourselves greatly. Yeah, Mary got a new haircut, so she looks even prettier than normal. Good stuff, good stuff. You know, transformation. We talk about the issue of transformation. And we started back here as Eric taught us about the simple fact that transformation is not us working on God to change us, but it's the result of the Spirit of God working in us. God determines the time, the right time for change as we train, not try, with spiritual disciplines. What's a spiritual discipline? It's any activity that energizes and enables us to live the life that Jesus taught and he modeled. Okay, that he taught and that he modeled. But you need to get a hold of this very, very clearly. It's something that I've Determined so many people don't get, and that's this. If you don't train, you won't change. If you don't train, you won't change. 
You can say, I'm going to run a marathon next week. But you don't train for it. All you will run is to the end of the block. If you're lucky. That's all you do. But if you train for it, you'll be able to run the marathon and finish. But you must always include training in order to bring about change in our life. You may say, I'm going to play the piano, Pastor Lee. I've decided that's it. And next week I'm going to come up and I'm going to play a concerto that you wouldn't believe. You're right about the last statement, I won't believe. Because you won't be able to. Unless you train for a long time. Those skills that are higher end skills, I call them, take a long time to develop. They come as a result of disciplined training on a regular basis. A spiritual discipline. A spiritual discipline is an activity that I can do by direct effort that will enable me to do something I presently cannot do by direct effort. You will not change by willpower. You only change by the Spirit of God working in you. So as I put it, simply put, spiritual training is God preparing us to play the music of life. It's God preparing us to play the music of life. And there are basic spiritual exercises that build spiritual muscles in us and that bring about genuine transformation, we must be willing to use them on a regular, consistent basis. And if we do, then we will experience the change. You'll finally discover, for many of you, the first time in your life, that love comes from the spirit, not from the flesh. And you cannot conjure it up. As you discipline, according to God's directive, you will find God's love welling up within you and pouring out through you. God uses these exercises quite simply to lead us into the kingdom and to set us free from problems and struggles and difficulties and have the freedom to love, to enjoy peace, to have faith, to experience all the things that he wants us to experience in our life, even joy. Now, last week, the main discipline that I talked about was the discipline of waiting. And I broke it into two different sections, enduring waiting and intentional waiting. I want us to watch this clip about a young man who chose not to wait, and the results of what he did continue to, uh, with us to this day, bringing devastating results. The of that was twofold. Isaac, the son of promise, was born. But also Ishmael was born, the father of the Arab nation that we know today to be the primary antagonist towards Israel. Waiting, a spiritual discipline where God gives us the ability and the opportunity, but we have to choose uh, to respond. So last week we learned a simple phrase. And I would say one phrase and you would respond to it. And I would say, it's time for a change. And you would say, let the change begin. Let the change begin. And that's the cry that God is looking for in our lives. Today, I want to talk about these two spiritual disciplines called slowing and celebration. Slowing 
and celebration. Slowing is perhaps the one that we often struggle with the most. Our main verse for today goes like this. Uh, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. And if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. All right, at the end of the service, you're going to repeat that one with me. We're going to work it together, and you're going to have a handle on it through this 30 minutes or so that we have together right now. So we need to slow down and celebrate. Now, sometimes we think of those as being two opposite things, but in reality, they're twins. When one listens, the other one smiles. When one listens, the other one smiles. We slow down, and then we're able to celebrate. Uh, Recently, I read about a 900-year-old church called St. Peter's, St. Peter's, just outside of, of England, in which they sold an album called The Sound of Silence. They sold this album called The Sound of Silence. It was 28 minutes of the silent sounds of an empty worship center. They just put a microphone in the midst of the worship, and they recorded it for 28 minutes, 30 minutes total. The first two minutes was was something else, but then 28 minutes of silence. They sold out the album. Sold out the album. All you hear on it is some rustling and different sounds. It's just quiet. So what we're going to do today is for free. We're going to only use one minute of silence starting right now. Longer than a minute, but it wasn't. It was just there. (sighs) So what we want to do today is is work on this issue of, of silence. It's amazing how long a minute of silence can be in our lives. We need to slow down, and I call it do the discipline. We need to slow down and do the discipline, or in this case, don't do it. Okay? That's kind of the case. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be the opposite of a Nike commercial. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be quiet and not do anything. The Scripture says, be still and what? Know that I am God. I will be exalted. Or you could actually put on the end of that, and I will be exalted. The Lord will fight for you, it tells us in Exodus fourteen fourteen. You need only be still. Yeah. See, God wants to be first in our lives and first in our fights. But you have to let him by being still. When a crisis comes, my advice to you is do not immediately jump up and respond. Don't buy an airplane ticket. Don't jump into your car. Be still. Quiet. Listen. Ask God to speak to your heart and your soul. Slow down. Seek God. Be still. Be quiet. Know that He is God. I want you to turn to the person on your right. And say, be still.
which right? You got the idea. We need to use quiet impressions to affirm God's expressions. Quiet expressions to affirm God's impressions. You'll notice in your life that people that affect you strongly always do it quietly. People that affect you for a short time, they do it loudly. People that affect you strongly do it quietly. It continues to affect you. It continues to resound and resound in our life. Paul reminds us in Romans 8.28 that God is quietly working. God is quietly working. We know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him or are being called according to his purpose. He works quietly. God's working for my good. How do I know this is happening? Because the scripture tells me so. Have you ever noticed in your computer that whenever it goes to put something into it, now it throws up a little statement and it says 5% done, 10% done, 20% and you're watching it, one minute left, two minutes left. Why do they do that? Because they know that you can't be still. You're going to start hitting things. Oh, it's got to get going, get going, hurry, hurry. We're pounding it. We're throwing the mouse all over the place. Come on, come on, come on. It's, gotta be, it's not working. It's not working. It is working quietly. But the inventors and the programmers have figured out that you all are just so lacking in still skills that you need a little statement on the top saying, yes, we're working. Yes, we're working. Yes, we're working. <laughs> Computer died. Okay, you get any idea? I always want, I recognize I desperately have to deal with my hurry up sickness in life. And it shows up more in my computer than anywhere else in my life. Hurry up, hurry. No matter how fast it is, I want it to be faster. That's why we're spending billions of dollars on faster computers and faster stuff. So we can get things more quickly. We do not know how to be still, be silent, and know that God is at work. God is at work. When you're silent is when you gain epiphany. It suddenly clicks. Everything comes together, and I know. That's what Scripture means when it says, know that He is God. Have that epiphany. If you don't have it, it's probably because you're not being still long enough. Be still. Know that God is working, not you. Remember, he has a purpose. He'll send people into the situation. They'll have provisions, and you'll be able to follow his plan. Be silent. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your job is to be quiet, to slow down. Oftentimes it's a Philippians 4.13 issue. And you're going, Philippians 4.13, what's Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when I'm unable to stand up, he holds me up as long as I'm quiet and allow him to. And then it happens. Habakkuk put it this way, though the fig tree doesn't bud, there are no grapes on the vines, 
The field produces no food and no sheep are in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Be anxious for nothing. Instead, in everything, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which far surpasses any comprehension you could have in your mind or your heart will suddenly envelop you in that epiphany, that awareness, will put you into a place where you find the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You see, it's a wondrous thing when we learn to be still. See, we get tired of waiting so quickly. Paul said this way, don't become tired of doing good. We will receive our harvest of eternal life at the right time if you do not give up. Be still. Wait. If we don't, we will win. Paul is saying that more often than not in life, God wants us to have a photo finish rather than a 20-yard lead. It's just the nature of who God is and what he how he puts things together. And nothing is more wonderful in life than to have a win at the end, to make the last second basket. I don't know if you saw one the other day. I saw one the other day, the big thing. The guy's back beyond midcourt, throws up a prayer, and it gets answered. Okay? Wow. And everybody's, yeah, they're so excited. If they were to one by 20, everybody just goes, yeah, good. But because it's a last second photo finish, There's this exhilaration, this celebration, this glory be to God. Look what he did. He shows up, but he loves to do it in the last second. Sometimes that irritates me. I got to be truthful, but that's how God chooses to do it. He says, Lee, be still. Wait, slow down. You know, he even gave the great philosopher Paul Simon the words, Slow down, you move too fast, you've got to make the morning last. Some of you that are older know that song, and some of you don't. Just looking for fun and feeling groovy. <laughs> yep, that was it. <laughs> yeah, the gospel according to Paul Simon. There you go. Got to make the morning last, just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun. Feeling groovy, you know. You know, smell the roses, enjoy the scent, rejoice in the world God has made. Recognize it's all going to come together. Slow down. Quiet expressions affirm God's intentions, His impressions. What do we got to do to slow down? Well, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, if you're having a problem slowing down, then stop and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you once again. Say, fill me. Oh, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Let me experience all that you are. Your power, your strength, your wonder, your glory. Let me be still and know that you are here with me. Let me offer up to you a sacrifice of lips saying, Lord, I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know where, but let your will be done in me. Whatever it takes, show me and I will do it. It's 
Just be still and know. Ken shared it the other day with me, and he said, he said, Pastor, I've got to tell you this story. He said, I was serving this particular guy. It was at Fleming's, and it was quite an expensive meal, and he gave me a number of cards. He gave me some, some basic cards that were gift cards, and then he gave me his credit card, and I ran the gift cards through, and, and I kind of messed on the credit card and got all the way through it. It ended up being, I was going to be over $100 short. He'd already gone, and I blew it. I went to my manager and went, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? His manager said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And Kent kept, kept, kept saying, well, what am I going to do? And then he started defending himself. He started going, well, you know, if, if he just hadn't done it this way. And suddenly his manager looked at him and he thought, be still. When grace is being given to you, the key is shut up. <laughs> be quiet. Just take the grace. So I took a deep breath and I accepted the grace and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be still and know that he is God. Right now, I want you to take out your connections card. It's on the side of your bulletin. Tear it off. If you haven't already, tear it off. Tear it off. And there's a little section there that says prayer request. It says prayer request. And today what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm going to write down one area that I'm going to be still in this week. One area I'm going to be still in this week. And you're thinking about it. I want you to think about it. We're going to watch this little clip. And while we're watching it, write down that under prayer request. I'm going to be still by. Okay. And that's it. Let's watch. And now we're still. Got that down. Time to change disciplines. We're going to move into celebration. Celebration is all about thanksgiving. Say that with me. Thanksgiving. Thanks always responds with giving. So what we're saying is we need to learn how to celebrate today with a do-again attitude. With a do-again attitude. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it because thanksgiving is never ending. It's never ending, and God started creation itself with a directive concerning this truth. And as we read his words in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, we see over and over again, God says, Ah, I created this, and it was good. I created this, it was very good. I created this, this was incredibly good. And God is so excited and giving thanks for the creation that he himself puts together. Thanksgiving. But perhaps we might have read the creation story more like we might hear it today. And so I've asked someone to read for us just a similar thing, and you'll find it in your uh, reading when you get to it this week, if you haven't already, about what God might have said, how he might have done it if he had been me. In the beginning, it was nine o'clock. So God decided, I'm going to work. He filled out a requisition to separate the light from the darkness. Now, he considered making stars to beautify the night and planets to fill the skies. But he thought it sounded like, you know, a lot of work. So he thought, you know something? I'm going to call it a day. And besides, he thought, you know, that's not my job. 
So he decided to knock off early, call it a day, and he looked at all he had done and he said, eh, it'll have to do. <laughs> so on the second day, God separated the waters from the dry land. And he made all the dry land flat, plain, and functional. So that behold, the whole earth looked like Idaho. <laughs> now he thought about making mountains and valleys and glaciers and jungles and forests, but he decided, you know, it really wasn't worth the effort. And God looked at all he had done that day and said, eh, it'll have to do. And God made a pigeon to fly in the air and a carp to swim in the waters and a cat to crawl up on dry land. And God thought about making millions of other species of all sizes and shapes and colors, but he really couldn't drum up the enthusiasm for really any other animals. In fact, he really wasn't that crazy about the cat. <laughs> Besides, it was almost time for the late show, so God looked at all he had done, and God said, eh, it'll have to do. Now, at the end of the week, God was seriously burned out. So he breathed a big sigh of relief and said, well, thank me, it's Friday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. The Bible says we're to always be giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks. We pray with thanks because prayer without thanks is like a bird without wings. It may reach its destination, but it has to walk to get there. God desires for us to pray with a great sense of celebration anticipation, our thanks with giving. What we say, we say thank you. What we do, we say I give something to you. Maybe it's a backpack. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's a form of commitment, whatever it may be. Our word of thanks is always reflected by a response of giving or it's not truly thanks. Thanks only becomes real when giving is attached next to it. I went to a restaurant, said, thanks so much to the server after they'd taken care of me, but I only had enough money for the bill, so I didn't leave them a tip. Next week I went back, same restaurant, same server, same result. I didn't have enough money to pay for anything but just for my bill. Third time, same restaurant, same server, and for some reason, they didn't seem to get to me and serve me. What was wrong? What was missing? Well, instead of overflowing as a Christian, I was underflowing, which is called stagnant. And servers don't like to serve stagnant people. It's just the nature of a desire to receive thanks for what we do. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. I have a set of twins, as you all know, little Jack and Luke. They're my grandchildren. And they wear me out. And I don't have to do much. I just have to do it again. <laughs> and again. And again. I'm going, enough! They never get tired of one simple thing. Usually it's a swing around time. 
Okay, wasn't that great? Do again. And I swing around. Do again. And I swing around. I can't do it anymore. Yes, you can, Grandpa. Do it again. And so I do my standard response. Go get your grandma. And she does it again. And again. And again. Earlier we sang that wonderful song about shouting. The scripture says, shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know then that the Lord is God. My sons are always watching NBA games. And always when there's a key point in time when something needs to happen, something special needs to take place, they throw up the noise and they say, make some noise. Make some noise. And I want to encourage you, there's times in our life when you say, you know, Lord, I'm feeling stagnant. And God says, make some noise. Kick it up, Lee. Kick it up. I'm like, I'm not great at celebration. God says, I know you're not, but you need to learn how. My wife's very good at celebration. I'm not very good at it. I said, that's why I married her, Lord. And God says... You need to learn to celebrate, Morley. Learn from her. Celebration is the process by which when I most want to not do anything, when I want to pull myself into a shell, when I'm afraid of what's going on, God says, celebrate. Watch this clip where Patch Adams shows us how. When you least desire to is almost always the time God most desires you to celebrate. Celebrate. Dance to the music. Step it up. Seek joy. Get out of your comfort zone. And do something different. Had a great youth pastor. I remember we were on a big trip with the kids, and then we go into this McDonald's, and this girl's kind of down at the mouth. And and he gets in, and and she's Germany. He looks at her, and he says, do you serve breakfast? She says, uh, no, I'm sorry. He said, you don't serve breakfast? She said, no, we, we quit serving it. You don't serve breakfast? No, we don't do that. Are you sure? He said, yes, sir, we don't. He said, that is wonderful, the attitude that you gave with that. I'm, I am blown away. And where's your manager at? Where's your manager? And he calls it. He says, this young lady was remarkable in her response to me. I was being a turd to her, and she acted very, very positively to me. I'm amazed by her. She should be employee of the month. Where's your employee of the month stuff? Where's your... I was, I'm roaring with this guy. Made her day. Made her week. Goes on and on. That happened, and I still remember it, over 30 years ago. Celebrate in the moment as God gives you opportunity. Step it up. Visualize a gift that someone needs to receive and then verbalize it with celebration. Our God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. But Lord, all I have is, is, is two loaves and five fishes. Ah, I'll feed 5,000 with that. God says, I'll take what you have and I'll turn it into meeting everything that you need. We give with joy. We listen. We lift up. We pray. We give because we have thanks. 
and we abound and we overflow with generosity because we know that our tendency is to move towards greed rather than towards generosity. It's to move towards security and safety rather than towards celebration and exuberance and abounding. And God says, celebrate, abound, overflow. Watch my kingdom suddenly come here. The secret of celebration. We're blessed with gifts from God, and he says, now look for ways to give it away. Because when you do, I'll give you more to give away. And I'll give you more. And that's the secret of abounding, is never losing sight of God's intention for our life. You see, that's the basic gift of salvation. It's the wondrous declaration of God that all who admit that they're a sinner, all who believe that Jesus provides you with the ability and the opportunity to receive forgiveness of your sins, to be cleansed from it, all who choose Him as Savior and Lord receive the wondrous gift of life here today, of joy and peace, of faith and hope, and of eternal life forever. It's a free, gracious gift that God provides for us all. And it's the beginning of us being able to give one to another this issue or idea of thanksgiving. Justin's going to come up right now. And he's going to lead us in the final time of celebrating together. And we're going to close it up with this. And I'll take out that little sheet again that you got here. You wrote down a way you were going to slow down. Now I want you to write down on it under that prayer request. This is how I'm going to celebrate. This is how I'm going to celebrate this week. Maybe you're going to give something to somebody that you recognize needs it. And you're not sure how you're going to be able to get it. But you're going to get it. And you're going to give it to them. Say, Lord, provide me with that ability to celebrate. Maybe you're just going to celebrate over the wonderful fact that you have a terrific spouse that God has blessed you with as he's blessed me. And you're going to go, wow, we're going to Hawaii for Valentine's Day. You can join us if you like, as long as you get your own ticket. But you can't stay with us where we're staying. I want you to think of ways you're going to celebrate this week. Think of how you're going to give thanks to God for what he's doing. And write that down on that sheet of paper. And then in a minute, you're going to put that into one of these baskets as Justin gives his direction. You're going to come down. You're going to drop it in a basket. You're going to put your offering here too, your thanks offering to God, whatever that is. You're going to drop it all in the basket. We're all going to kind of come down here and walk by and drop it in. And then we're going to head home to celebrate. All right? Or we're going to celebrate right here while we do it. But it'll be a great time. So you're going to have a few minutes. You're going to write down your stuff. Take care of things. Justin's going to lead us in this wonderful thing of celebration. It's time for a change. It's time for a change. Let the change begin. It's time for a change. Let the change begin. Amen.